0: Play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric.
1: And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for another bonus episode this week. Uh, this week, Eric's going to count down his best favorite. Number ones, whatever you want to call them, best of LPs of 2021.
0: Yes, yes, and this is going to be a longer episode. You know, probably much in the same scope that you know an LP is literally longer than an EP. Uh huh. Anyway, I'm I'm done with that. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to, if you haven't heard the episode where I talk about my uh, favorite EPs that came out in 2021 do so it is on the website just uh just scroll down a little bit more right and you can listen to that and like i said it's a lot shorter i had a little there were some less choosings on there and again just shorter eps there was uh, not as much to talk about lps on the other hand oh boy it's a longer list and a longer uh, a longer form a longer bunch of songs by <laughs> per capita if you will uh, so yeah, I got no I got no more of a lead in than that. I will try to keep my I will try to keep uh, my discussion of such or my my monologuing as succinct <laughs> as possible. But I make no promises. <laughs> so we got a lot of I got a lot of stuff to get through. I'm gonna go uh, much like in the same way that I did my EPs. The bottom half or so, the bottom two thirds is kind of a mishmash. It's not that I love one album over the other is just kind of how it came to memory, I guess. Right. But I do have a uh, top four, looks like. Yeah, a top four. And But we'll get to that when we get to that. Many of you probably already know what my favorite album is of 2021. And like I said, we'll get to it. And I have some fun stuff to say about it. Anyway, starting off the list, I got to give it to the people in Filth is Eternal. That EP, Love is Forever, Filth is Eternal, just some great grinding and just really, just dirty basement punk, (laughs) you know, kind of in the same scope as a crust punk, I guess. I don't really know what else to call them, but they are just, yeah, they're just uh, mean and gritty and dirty and raw, and I guess it's in the name, Filthy, (laughs) you know? They are a filthy band, and I love every, every second of their music. Anyway... Moving on from there, I gotta give it to my boys in Gate Creeper. Yeah, Gate Creeper, they released an unexpected album called An Unexpected Reality. Yeah, that was earlier, that was like in the very early stages of 2021. And they literally gave their fans a day's notice to its release. Because this is like, hey, we know that the pandemic struck, and don't worry, we're still alive. Check out the shit that we've been writing. Oh shit, you actually have new music? Okay. Well, I talked about this album in an episode uh, uh, way back then. I can't remember which one, but they were my uh, metal pick. And if you remember, or if you actually listen to the album, it is quite different from their previous two releases. As in this one, is the first half of the record is a bunch of fast songs. This is them going into their love of hardcore and grindcore, And then the last half is literally just one song that's 10 minutes long. (laughs) So, yeah. And in an interview with uh, Chase Mason, their singer, he actually said that they were trying to make an album on par with uh, Black Flag's My War. Whereas, like, the first half was just all this fast, raucous uh, punk rock. Whereas the last half was uh, all this kind of uh, Black Sabbath-y jam rock type stuff that was just really weird. So they kind of wanted to do something similar to that, at least in terms of structure. And yeah to give you an idea here is one song I I'm choosing two songs cuz like I said they're very short and very fast. Here is one of them called Sick of Being Sober. So yeah, that's from the death metal band Gay Creeper. Did you hear any death metal in that? <laughs> yeah, not really. <laughs> but the thing is, like, if you uh, if you read the interviews and if you if, like me, hung out with them, they are very, at least Chase is very engulfed in uh, punk rock. He's listened to a lot of that his entire life, and and yeah, it does show in their music. They have a lot of uh, slammy parts. They have a lot of uh, hardcore worship, and I've been to their shows. Those hardcore kids, they get down. (laughs) Like, there's a lot of spin kicking going on. And I've seen some fights happen at their shows. The hardcore kids versus the metalheads. Pretty ridiculous. (laughs) Even at one point where uh, Chase was like, hey, if you guys are fighting, that's okay. I mean, our music is fight music. (laughs) But just do us a favor. Don't get everyone else involved. (laughs) Right. It's like, have a fight, not a brawl. So, yeah, that was a. So, yeah, that's a terrific uh, this is a terrific uh, kind of change in pace for Gate Creeper. It was like, yeah, you know what? We don't need to do another death metal album. Let's just switch it up a bit. Times being what they were, we want to keep people interested. We want to keep uh, the taste of Gate Creeper in their mouths for when we do come back. So, let's create this. Cool. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and yeah, like I said, the songs are really short. I want to give uh, another shout out to this one, Super Spreader. This one's got a bit more of a grind vibe. Yep, there you go. That is uh, that is the latest from Gate Creeper. And I do not know if they are going to be playing any of these songs on their tour. I hope they do. But we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see when they come about to Salt Lake in the next. Uh, is it next week? It is next week. Okay. And I'm excited. All right. Well, that having been said, I need to backtrack a little bit because I forgot about how I was going to kind of open this up with some honorable mentions, but that just goes to show that I'm not really following a script. I'm just reading off of my list and apparently (laughs) that is botched. (laughs) So yeah, I had to give some honorable mentions of albums that I thought came out in 2021 when it was really late 2020, or I discovered them in 2021 loved them so much, but only was discouraged to find that they were released the year prior. So they did not make the list, but regardless I'm going to give them a bit of a shout-out. There's only three. And, well, two that didn't make the list. One that did. And I will get to that when I get to that. The first was released on November 13th, 2020. That's Frozen Soul's Crypt of Ice. Oh, some good fucking death metal that's coming out of Texas. They Texas keeps throwing the heavy stuff at us. And I don't know how they keep... They just kept that uh, that catalog going so consistently. It's like, first you give us Power Trip, now you're giving us Frozen Soul, and you gave us Disowned recently. It's so awesome down there, apparently. Thank you, <laughs> Texas. I never thought I'd have to say that. Oh, God. Anyway, the next one I got to give, um, I even played this on the show. Um, I don't remember when, but it's the band... Uh, it's the band Drain, their album, California Cursed, and that was released in August, or not August, April, the other month that begins with A, of 2020, and yeah, this one is a, uh, yeah, these guys are a credit to the crossover genre, the modern crossover, they're right up there with Power Trip, they're right up there with, uh, uh they're right up there with Iron Reagan, and they're right up there with another band that actually did make it to my list, and... Because this other crossover band released an album that did come out in August of 2021. So I'm kind of crossing hairs here. But yeah, Drain, California Curse. I played them on the episode. Dustin, which one? 240. 240. December.
1: uh, Early December
0: of of 2021. All right. So the album was well over a year old by then. (laughs) So that just goes to show how uh, late I am to the game in in some portions of... My life, Anyway, Drain is awesome. <laughs> California Cursed, it's a great album, and they are great to see live. I'm still very, very, very bummed that I did not make it to their show on that day. Why the fuck do you have to play the same day, Judas fucking Priest? <laughs> Damn it! I had to see the Metal Gods. <sighs> Drain will be back. I'll be back. They're younger. A lot younger. <laughs> 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 okay, well... Let's get to what was supposed to actually be starting off this list. The controversial pick of Project Sellout's album, Sold Out. Now, here's my reasoning as to why it should make the list in 2021. First, it was released December 18th of 2020. Right. By then, most people have already made their year-end list of their top albums at that point. So an album like Sold Out would fall by the wayside. And also, the album was released in digital format on that day, but it did not get pressed and actually physically released until, what was it, March of... Something like that. Yeah, Yeah. something like that, of 2021. So, there you go. It counts. (laughs) (laughs) And, well, if you really need for me to raise another point, it's my list. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. There you go. (laughs) So yeah, that was originally supposed to be who's starting off the list, but I, I don't care at this point right now. I played we played a lot of Project Sellout on this show, especially for when we did the interview with them uh, last year. No, not last. No, it was it was last year because they were doing their uh, the sold out tour.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And that was a that was a great show, by the way. And. Yeah, played quite a few songs. I know I did uh I know I played Quarantine Forever when it came out. I played Devil's Tunnel and I played To Whom It May Concern. So I was like, what song do I play now?
1: Old Friend and Bad Dreamin'. We played those as well when we did the interview on episode 198, which mm-hmm. came out February 10th of 2021.
0: So yeah, we went through over half of this album. Yes. And we're gonna get one more. <laughs> this is the song, the second song. On this album, and it is in their full skate punk glory. This is Clock Out. Oh yeah. There's one from, there's one from a great album that came out questionably in 2021. (laughs) (laughs) But again, time is a construct. (laughs) Moving on, I got to hand it out to The Interrupters, their Live in Tokyo album. I don't really include live albums in part of the, uh, in part of my uh, countdown, if you were, or my uh, end of year list, but it's because they're like greatest hits
1: almost right because that's pretty much what bands typically play in a show is their their hit songs and then some and so typically it's like it's almost like a greatest hits album and why would you include that on a that that's not fair that's cheating
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay well let me tell you why okay <laughs> because I gotta hand it to the interrupters their first live album their first live show in Tokyo and it was sold out. You know that in and of itself is an amazing uh, feat to accomplish, but listening to the album, it is just so much different live. Like you just feel more of the energy, you hear the crowd interaction. Again, first live show in Tokyo, and they just let everybody sing the lyrics. I mean, first time I saw the Interrupters, I I saw them opening up for Rancid back in uh, 2013, and this is when they were very very new, and I was like, oh yeah, they're pretty good. That's cool. And I didn't really check them out beyond that. Then I saw them live again some years later and I was mainly there because they were opening up uh their opener was Bad Cop Bad Cop and I loved Bad Cop Bad Cop and I was like, well, I guess I'll stick around for the Interrupters. I'm here. And before I knew it, I was watching the Interrupters. I had no idea how any of their songs went, and I was singing every single one. <laughs> That's how catchy these guys are. That's how much they hold you over. Right. So so yeah, it is kind of a weird, uh, it's on here on, uh, on some weird grounds, but, but you know, some bands just sound so much better live than on the record and interrupters is one of them. And yeah, it's a greatest hits album, but honestly, they don't have any bad songs. So every one of their songs, a the greatest hit. So <clears throat> I bite my thumb at you <laughs> again. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on from there, uh, here is a local album from the mighty Filth Lords. They're self-titled. The one that was uh, 10 years in the making. They had all these songs written, but it had no means of recording it. For one reason or another. But they put it out just last year. And I am stoked that they did. Because this is some of the strangest street punk I have ever heard. In that it feels, it sounds like street punk. It has the aggression behind it. But the production is just so artsy. (laughs) It almost feels like it was street punk that was recorded in a living room. (laughs) If that makes any sense. Like you think of, I don't know, you think of, I don't know, GBH and Fugazi put together. Okay. Yeah. The sound of GBH and the production of Fugazi. There you go. Um, Yeah. I really don't know how else to explain this music, but yeah, listen to the whole album. You'll get what I mean. You know, it's just something that speaks to the reptilian brain. You don't exactly know how to put it into words, but you get it. So maybe this song will will help um, will help clear the air on some of that. Here is one of their songs, "Sick for Days."
2: We Sick for days, we you sleep for days. Sick for days, we you sleep for days. Sick for days, we you sleep for days day. Breath of us wild, misery blooms it's smug figures, fingers, sliver to cinnamon Cold for dismal, we're chosen weep In beds of bile, a on baby earth Nessies with us, but every car, Empty caches, one life busts us yeah. For day. We, we sleep For a day Men the coin, death the And a of the the reds Close the lid, foster crescents, hands of trades Places in barriers, I am dead Waking us up, flinging the regards With the airing Sick day Hey!
0: Uh, this is uh, their more aggressive track. Uh, I remember I played one when the album came out. I can't remember the damn title, but I just remember it had Meat in the title.
1: Meat, huh? Well, yeah. let's find that for you.
0: Yeah, and that was a bit more of their uh, artsy ones. That was just kind of a...
1: Rotten Mind, Meaty Heart.
0: Yep, there it is. Rotten Mind, Meaty Heart. That is the one that I was thinking of, uh, thinking of uh, showcasing on this episode, but... I was trying to avoid repeating myself.
1: There's so many other ones to choose from, right?
0: I know. (laughs) So I decided to give one a, uh, this one, some lovin'. Because, you know, they're still street punk at heart. (laughs) I guess if you want to put it that way. I mean, I just did. I don't care. (laughs) Anyway, moving up on the list. This is one of my most recent discoveries. And that is the album How Flowers Grow by Scowl. I discovered these guys not too long ago. It was uh, some point, some point last year when they released their first EP, and and yeah, like I said before on the episode where I was uh, where I was talking about these guys and actually played this album, "How the Flowers Grow" as my great cover to cover. It yeah, the EP didn't really uh, stick with me. I was like, yeah, it's it's good stuff, but my friend was telling me how awesome they were live. And, hey. Remember what I said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I I imagine that this is live, but on the record it's just kind of uh, it's eh. It's kinda eh. So yeah, and how would the flowers grow? They really came into themselves and they are they have that aggression that is matched in their record. I mean, I'm speaking I'm speaking as to what my friend told me. And when I heard this album, I'm like, okay, I got a better idea of what you experience. So now I just need to experience for my damn self. So Scal, please come back.
1: <laughs>
0: I miss you. Please. <laughs> As in I missed you and now <laughs> I don't want to miss you. And it's easy to it's easy to not miss you when you're here. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't think I would get that poetic <laughs> shit. <laughs> anyway, let's uh Let's get back to some of the uh, let's get back to some of the music. Um, yeah, I gotta give my I gotta give my shout out to the lovely, talented Idols and their fourth album, Crawler. And man, did That's Crawler rip! That thing is just a. Uh, it's got some unhinged aggression on that one. It's still got a lot of a. Uh, it's still got a lot of their old school. I mean, I'm talking, I'm talking first album. Old school extrapolation here. It has some, yeah. It's got a lot of that garagey twang in it. It's got not, not twang, that garagey overlay. Okay, I'm saying? Just the, just the murky distortion behind their music, and then they have uh, that nice little uh, beachland ballroom, which just feels like a lounge act in the middle <laughs> of it all. Uh, but yeah, and at the same time, it is so catchy. My God, these guys are amazing. Even though that they have like a ton of uh, great songs that go through this way and that, you can put on any song and you just know it's Idols. So first song I gotta I gotta give a shout out for is Meds and how heavy and how catchy that song is. I just love it. So yeah, let's just do Meds. Take your meds. <laughs>
3: Love's to try Call off the town choir Climb that razor wire And Medicaid Meditate Medicaid Hide your crescent of bruise Shine your nation's shoes Tie your armors loose And Medicaid Meditate Medicaid Class guilt got me here Smash pills, fear no fear I came in from the rear to meditate, Meditate, medicate Drugs lost what I had found Burned friendships to the ground Turned my frown upside down and medicate, meditate, Meditate, meditate. the house within the baby skin Alleviate your kin Now that's what I call Medication <laughs> Tang, make the Tang!
0: see what kind of goes on behind the scenes in idols right (laughs) they got more aggressive songs than that but that one was just a that one just kind of felt unnerving (laughs) it just felt so constant with its beat it was just like medicate medicate meditate meditate it was like yeah it just feels like you're just going through the motions right (laughs) and it just doesn't feel that different yeah but don't worry Their whole album does not sound like that. Like I said, Beach Room Ballroom kind of sounds like a bougie lounge song. And my next pick that I did, Wiz. Well, it's incredibly short. I'll tell you that much. But honestly, I'll let the song speak for itself. And just keep the song you just heard in mind. This is Wiz. (laughs) Wiz. Yeah, they have that too. <laughs> yeah, I know that they. Uh, I know that they. It's different from what you just heard, but trust me, in the scope of the album, it all flows together, and that is the beauty of Crawler. That's why it's on here because it's a. Uh, it's just a great album. I mean, that's why every band. That's why every album is on here is because it's great. And speaking of great, uh, I'm bending the rules a little bit again, including another live album. Yep, it was the return of the California Takeover Yeah, I guess I'm putting it in here just on the grounds of fan service But honestly, the fact that they revived this thing 20 years later The fact that those bands, Earth Crisis, Snapcase, and Strife Are still doing what they're doing Even if they hit lulls in their career I know Earth Crisis called it quits in 01 But then came back in 07 And they're still going strong Strife, I just saw them a few years ago And they killed it? (laughs) And uh, Snapcase, I've never seen. So, uh, you know, then again, I've never seen Earth Crisis either, but I, I listen to them. <laughs> I listen to all these bands to an extent. I think they're all awesome. I love that they're still going strong. I love that people are still listening to their music, still discovering their music. And I can say this, hardcore is a lot better live than on the album. I mean, anyone who's been to a hardcore show knows what I'm talking about. So, yeah, The Return of the California Takeover. I remember I did a whole marathon of that, three episodes in a row, where I did a song for each band. So, what am I going to do, play the other song? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that, you know. It's not, as this episode's already going to be bloated enough. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'm going to avoid that to all extents. So, moving on from there, another local album, the band Swarmer. Who has nothing to do with ditching the Delta, I might add. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. But I did see them recently. You know, it was the night I got super fucking sick and I was able to stick around for part of their set. Whereas uh, the other half, I was sitting on the toilet. <laughs> 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 Oops. But yeah, and once again, they're, uh, their singer and their guitarist, whose name I cannot remember, He looks very much like Elliot Seacrest, who was the singer and guitarist of Ditch in the Delta. So, I reiterate, that was where the confusion came from. (laughs) I remember faces, not names. (laughs) God, but yeah, The Brutalist. That is, yeah, it lives up to its title. Man, that thing is full of a lot of uh, long songs, some really crazy riffs that... And just stuff that gets incredibly heavy and then just gets sort of soothing and a bit serene. But... It's sort of like that lull, the eye in the hurricane, where you just are like waiting for this to break. It's like, okay, what's next? What are you going to hit me with? Oh, God, there it is. Yeah, (laughs) that's really what they have. So it's nice to know that uh, these guys who have been in the scene for, uh, you know, they've been doing stuff since the early, mid-2000s. So they've been around the track quite a few times. But they've aged like a fine wine. They are well seasoned. They know what they have done, and they know what they still want to do. And now they're back, and they're creating some amazing music as a result. And that comes in the form of the Brutalist. Yeah, and it is the Brutalist. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Yep. There was a good one. All right. Uh, moving on from there, I gotta I gotta give a shout out to our boys from across the pond. The UK's own Chisel. Yep, and their album, Retaliation. There was some great stuff on that record, I tell you. It's the, yep, you can say it's my favorite oi album of the year.
1: I saw a lot of people's lists, and the Chisel was probably the most common denominator on majority of lists I've seen Yep. for 2021.
0: Well, here I am keeping in touch with that. <laughs> and yeah, why not? The Chisel, they have all the catchiness, they have all the raucousness, they, they cause a ruckus, they create a rabble, they have all the things that create a classic OI album. You know? So, with that being said, here is one of the songs that is a bit on the more aggressive end. Here is Force Fed. <laughs> Not exactly the first thing when you think of Oi, right? This sounds a bit more. Uh, this sounds a bit more hardcore in my to my ears, right? Yeah, but it was great. I mean, the chisel—they're covering all ends on this, uh, on that record. So, I'm stoked that they're on this list. I'm stoked that they're in a band, and I'm stoked that Retaliation is uh, one of the best albums that was released this year.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> and
0: I'm not the only one that thinks so. You were not. Yep, I was not. Now, finally. Okay, not finally, but <laughs> what Moving I mean along. to yeah, what I mean to say is the best local record that came out. So this is the best album that came out in the grounds of SLC. I gotta give it to my friends in NARC and their album, personifying the antithesis of American values, or Pav. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm nice. just going to call it Pav because that's a lot of words, a lot of long words in a, in a title for a power violence band. <laughs> Even then, they're not proper power violence because a lot of power violence bands, they have all that uh, fast, grindy, snare worship type shit. But they also have a lot of s- parts where they just go really long songs that just uh, that just drone out for a while. <laughs> I mean, listen to weekend nachos. You'll know what I'm talking about. It's weird. Um, yeah, NARC doesn't do that. They actually stay pretty consistent in their speed and the ferocity and just. Uh, oh my god! Just I don't even know how else to personify them, if you will, because <laughs> they just have a they have a unique sound. They have this unique aggression that is coming out in the Salt Lake Underground right now, and yeah, their genre. They're genre-fluid, pretty much, and that they play with pretty much any show, or on pretty much any show, whether it's a punk show, or a hardcore show, or just a crusty show. They are on all of it. And and yeah, personifying, yeah, personifying the antithesis of American values. Let's give some love to that one. I haven't played a single song off of this record on this episode. Uh, on this episode. Yeah, no <laughs> <Not> shit. <yet>. <laughs> <laughs> on this show. <laughs> God. So this is giving them this is giving them some redemption. Here is my favorite song off of it, Blue Lives Splatter.
1: We took to the streets and we made a difference. We turned public sentiment around and we made people see the truth. Not that we were always thinking good thoughts back then. I mean, Cops around you, cracking skulls. You've got a picket sign in your hand. You're not thinking specifically about stopping the war right now. You're, you're thinking about knocking a few pigs on their asses. But as crazy as, as it all seemed, though, there was a meaning in the madness, a clear and a real purpose.
2: But don't you think violence is wrong? Oh, fuck off, Kevin. Wasting
1: pigs is radical madness.
0: Everything in that band just molds so well together. Tyler's crazy-ass drumming, Spencer's unique tone, how he covers the low-end and high-end with just one guitar, two amps. I know I talk shit on bands that don't have a bassist, but at least Spencer's got part of it covered. (laughs) And, oh, and Emma, that fucking front woman, she can really bring home those vocals. She is amazing to see live. It is just it's so endearing. <laughs> I cannot just dis- I cannot talk so much so much praise. I can only talk so much praise. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> or I can only praise it so much. Again, I'm not following a script. I'm just going off of excitement right now. <laughs> so yeah. There you go, Narc, you made the you made my list and you are the best your LP is the best that was released in Salt Lake of 2021. So I love you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, going on from there. Uh, now we're back to everything just kind of being a uh, little, you know, interchangeable. Okay. <laughs> and the next one we got to go into the death metal circuit. The album "Violence Unimagined," released by the death metal stalwarts Cannibal Corpse. And my God, "Violence Unimagined." Yeah, it is a, it is a catastrophic record, and I mean that in the best way possible. That's a term of in- uh, that's a term of endearment in the death metal world, calling your music catastrophic. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, Cannibal Corpse is kind of a return to form in a way. Like uh, they're really going back to their uh, to their old school roots and not focusing so much on the technicality of the songs. Like uh, the songs in the, the albums in the 2000s going into the 2010s, they were just kind of honing more on like... What they could get away with. How fast their fingers can move up and down the fretboard. Which is great. But it's like when it gets a little too technical. That's when you kind of lose me. But on on Violence Unimagined. They are now like uh, scaling it back a bit. And really just emphasizing more of the heaviness. And the rowdiness that comes with it. So I really like that. But you can still hear it's Cannibal Corpse. They do have their moments where it's just going totally crazy. But it's called for. It's a lot more balanced. And, and yeah, when it came out, I played the song. Oh, damn, I forgot the name of the song. I'll look
1: that up for you. Uh,
0: please do look that up. I make myself look like a fool. <laughs> the thing is, like, uh, I also got to pay homage to uh, Corpse Grinder and his newest uh, endeavor with uh, Jamie Josta, having produced his uh, solo album where he's going into more hardcore territory. What's the name of that song?
1: First one you played, February on episode one ninety eight, was inhumane harvest, and then you did a second mm-hmm. one on episode two hundred and eight, which was in April called slowly sawn.
0: Slowly sawn, that is the one. Yeah, that was the song that was a standout to me because it felt like a death metal hardcore song. <laughs> it had its it's had its slamming moments. It had its uh, tremolo moments. It was just a it was a perfect cocktail. And Violence Unimagined in and of itself is a perfect cocktail for death metal heads and I, I don't want to say hardcore kids alike because hardcore kids are very selective with the metal they listen to. <laughs> you know, uh, But honestly, if you were a hardcore kid and you was, were like seeing Cannibal Corpse and they were playing stuff from this record, you could throw down to it. I know you could throw down to it. I know I did. There's a lot of Cannibal Corpse you could throw down to, especially in their earlier catalog. But... Yeah, Violence Unimagined, it's it's making some nice callbacks. And they're still honing in. They're still living up to the expectations. They're still touring. They're still great to see live. And Corpse Grinder, he is a funny man to listen to. Nice.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yep. Okay, moving on from there. Um, I guess you could say this is the uh, best metal record that has no ties to anything else. <laughs> best metal record of 2021. And that is from Enforced, their album Kill Grid. Kill Grid has got a lot of, it does have some uh, more hardcore parts, but it really is uh, kind of hardcore in the same vein as a band like Ringworm or even Hatebreed, whereas like you can see them playing to both sides, and you really can't generalize them in that, in that respect. But Kill Grid, they got more of a metal sound in terms of production, in terms of their uh, guitar tone, and just the... And the soloing, man. The soloing is crazy. And yeah, they got Equal Parts Groove, Equal Parts Thrash, and even Death Metal works its way in there. That's just a It's just a nice little conglomeration of all things heavy. And I really love how Killgrid turned out. A L- lot of great songs on there. I played Curtain Fire from that, uh, from that album. And and yeah, there's just more stuff to. In- yeah, there, there's more stuff to really get into on that record. The title track itself, it's a long one, but holy hell, it really it really stays the really stays the right amount of time it needs to. Yeah. And now we're getting into the top four. ba 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 boom. Yeah, we're getting into the top four. We're gonna be talking about the albums that Yeah, that really that really best describe my musical taste in the 2021. And we're going to start off with The Bronx.
1: The Bronx.
0: The Bronx, their sixth album. And like I said, there is very little that The Bronx have done that have disappointed me. Yep, and this album is no exception to the rule. This album is, well, it's on this list. So yeah, you know I already love it. I already knew that when this album was coming out, it was going to make my great cover to cover album list. And I pretty much played half of that record. Cause every time a new single was released, I'm like, Oh, I might have to do that one. I did it with two of their singles. I know I did it with white shadow and I think I did it with, uh, uh, can't remember. I will tell
1: you, yep. cause that's what I do. Yep. That's what he does. <laughs> He's my, yes. White shadow <laughs> was first. And then watering the well. Watering the well—that's what it was. Yeah. Breaking news and jack of all trades as well.
0: Yep, those were the, yeah, those were the songs I chose for when I did the great cover to cover album. Like, like I said, when it came out, I'm like, I know it's gonna be on that. I know it's gonna be on this segment of the show. And wouldn't you know it? It was because <laughs> it's a great cover to cover album. And and yeah, I'm doing a thing like where I get into my uh, top four. I want to replay my favorite song that was on that one, just to kind of emphasize why I love it. But I will also be playing one that was not played in previous episodes, and maybe uh, coerce you a bit more to being check- to checking out these records. So, the first thing I want to talk about and play on Bronx 6 is High Five. Yeah. <laughs> For Bronx 6, High Five. <laughs> Great song to listen to. So... You decide for yourself if you think it's worth another. Aside from the uh, the sporadic energy of that song. Maybe not sporadic. Erratic. There we go. There you go. Yeah, the erratic energy of that song. And I just love what the guitars do. It's not just straight punk riffing the entire way. You heard the weird uh, little effects that were coming from that thing during the verse? <laughs> just uh, the inclusion of that just make them such a standout band. And that's why I love the Bronx. Because they're not what you expect. And yeah, every time they release an album, I get excited. And this was, yeah, I was excited for this one. And I am not disappointed. So let's play my favorite song from this one. This is Jack of All Trades, Master of None. jack of all trades and you are a master of one that one is all those trades haven't been put together into your little sonic vessel (laughs) that is you you are the master of your own craft is what i'm getting at and that's why you're such a standout and that's why you made the list the bronx the bronx six listen to all of it, even though we played half of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you can listen to all of it in order without interruptions, without having to scroll through each episode to listen to the four or five specific tracks. Right. Yeah. Goddamn. So, yeah, that just makes sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that goes for everything you heard on this uh, whole show, we'll say. <laughs> this whole podcast. Okay. 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 Coming up next is my favorite Thrash album that was released. Oh uh, yeah, and you know, this is gonna be a little nod. This is going to be the the long-awaited fourth episode of my Lead Melodies podcast. It's a review of the album World at War by Dead Heat. Yeah, that's how you know it's uh that's how you know it's uh made top tier. As if I'm reviewing it on my other podcast, right? Uh, yeah, it it'll be coming. Hopefully in June, that is the goal. But yeah, just keep an eye out if you are following it. Uh, if you are following my page, yeah, again, Lead Melodies. Go and find it um, on the Instagram and Facebook. Well, I'll, I'll plug it in the. I'll plug it when I post this. Actually, there you go. yeah. So yeah, World at War, that is, uh, like I said, it is some great callback to that classic crossover sound, and I'm really happy that that wagon is still rolling, and has reached a sort of a revival in the last, uh, in the last uh, 15, 20 some odd years. Like basically when Municipal Waste struck, that's when Crossover came back, baby. <laughs> and then likewise, they were like, hey, you know what, let's double down, let's form another band, and that came Iron Reagan. And now we got Power Trip, and we got Drain, and we also have Dead Heat. And oh my god, these guys are great. That album, World at War, I heard that, and I listened to it multiple times over. And I still am listening to it multiple times over. Not even just in the... Not even just for business purposes. (laughs) Not just for research. Not just... It's because I love the fucking album, dude. So yeah, if you remember... If you remember what I played on the episode when, right around when it came out back in August, I played the song's, uh... Ah. I know that I played Death Wish, but also the track prior to that, just because they molded so well together. Uh, What is the track? Look at it closely. Look at it closely. Yep, that is the one that I played. And, And, yes, Death Wish, I will be playing that again. But... I wanted to give an ode to the song Last Call because that is their ballad. That is the token ballad. It's so much of a callback record to classic thrash that a good thrash record needs at least one ballad. you got to have your fade to black. You know? <laughs> oh, God. You, you don't have to, but it does kind of uh, change up the pace a little bit. So given everything I said about this band being such a You know, some of the uh, biggest contenders of the modern crossover era. Listen to Last Call and just kind of keep that in mind. (laughs) a token soft song in an otherwise very heavy thrashy record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but don't worry, we are getting back to basics on this one. If you if you remember the song that I played Death Wish, then yeah, allow me to give you a bit of a a rehash on it. It has an amazing drum roll that enters the ch, that enters the song or you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna start over. Okay. There is this nice little uh, drum roll on the snare that allows the song to enter into its uh, into its opening riff. That it just sounds like a marching rhythm, and yeah, then the guitars come in, and it just gr- and it just graduates to some full on chugginess. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, moving on up, <laughs> and yeah, the song itself just uh, it just can it just contains its utmost brutality, and I love how that song sounds. And you know how it a song is good if you are a musician, you want to rip off the riff, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'm already considering it. So, so yeah, here's my favorite song from World at War. Here is Death Wish once again. That's the best crossover record that has come out in the last 12 months. (laughs) And that's probably the only one that I've heard. But that's besides the point. Now (laughs) now we're in the top two. In the top two, I'm sure a lot of you may already know what... Well, at least what one of them is. (laughs) But let's get to my favorite punk rock album that was released in 2021. And that is the band Soldiers of Destruction, the album Cause and Effect, the long-awaited record that was set to be released. We have no idea when it was originally set to be released, but it took, what is it, 30 years? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 30 years? Nah, about 40 years. Yes. Yeah, right. 40 years for them to, for Soldiers of Destruction to actually have some tangible proof that they existed <laughs> <laughs> other than just little bootleg footage of their live shows that made it onto the YouTube in the uh, early days of in the early days of that little uh, website <laughs> <laughs> yeah and eventually we got around and you know their uh, the singer Morat he was kind of getting a little uh let's see uh Yeah, a little famished with uh, on the grounds of creation, and through some little uh, drunken escapades, he uh, he and his friend, who turned out to be the guitarist in his band, were kind of joking around drunkenly. Hey, we should totally start a band. We should start a band. And yeah, they did. Uh, Not started. They revived his old band, and his old band came out. It was originally a part of the UK '82 movement surrounding band surrounded by bands like uh, GBH and the exploited and discharge and you hear a lot of that in their music as well as some of their <clears throat> some of the stuff that is more uh, more on the metal side. you hear a lot of thrash. you hear a lot of uh, kind of kind of tremolo picking that you could hear in an Iron Maiden song. and really it just works on all angles and by and large, it is a great album. It is a great punk album that has all these little different uh, all these different little uh, twitches in it. It has some guitar solos. It has some longer songs on there. And the singer is this guy who is uh, sporting a big red mohawk. Much like a certain other lead singer of a certain other punk rock band did. And he's also got the battle jacket to prove where his allegiance lies. The big back patch of the exploited logo. <laughs> so yeah, it's a uh, it's working on all angles here, and and yeah, we played a ton of songs from these uh, from these guys, and yeah, a lot of them surrounding their interview that we did with them back in August, and or I'm sorry, not August. It was June, yes. the other side of the summer. Right. <laughs> yeah, and. And yeah, we're going to be playing some more of them here, but one song that we did not play was one of the ones where Nick Oliveri from Queens of the Stone Age and Blood Clod and Blast <laughs> uh, gave some some vocal chops on this song, and it was Amphetamines. And this one, I just love the intro of that one. It just, uh, as I described it in my uh, review in Lead Melodies, it just uh, sounds like the soundtrack, and you of a sci-fi film in this scene it's you just kind of picture a mad scientist kind of concocting a, mic, a mixture he's got his supercharged hair and his uh, sleep deprived eyes he's holding the beaker up to his head and it just starts bubbling it just it just feels like one of that that uh, a scene like that that's what the music has me see so maybe you can see something similar here is amphetamines Nick Oliveri is uh giving his uh vocal chops on that one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: In my brain.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Also, another thing that's great is the other track that Nick Oliveri is uh is a part of, and that is also Gazes. And Yeah, lyrically, these songs stand out to me because they are both uh they're both written. Um, I mean, all the songs are written by Morat, but these ones were written on the on the grounds of like uh, previous exper- experiences. Whereas also Gaze's was his time that he spent in a uh, psych ward. And he was just, the lyrics just kind of paint a picture. He's like staring at the window. Just sitting and staring at the TV. And not really uh, really absorbing everything. It was just, uh, he just accurately per- uh, describes what it's like to just be totally excluded from everything else. and wow. Just all things relating to reality. Whereas this one. This is just a song he wrote uh referring to a speed binge he was on. <laughs> I mean amphetamines, man. And it certainly feels like that. The speed of just the uh just how erratic the music is, just how it just doesn't sit still. You don't want to sit still during that one. So, yeah, hats off to uh hats off to the musical counterpart of this otherwise uh very chaotic song. <laughs> uh, very chaotic lyrics anyway the music matches. Anyway, now I got to play my favorite song. My favorite song, I'm pretty sure you can guess why. <laughs> okay, it's not just the bass solo, but it is uh, it is about the it is about the catchiness of it, how aggressive it is still and just how just how well put together that it is. I mean, I just want to see them live and I just want to throw my fist in the air and just chant we will not give in. <laughs> We one day we will win. We don't say your crown. We will never back down. (laughs) So yeah, this is my favorite song from Soldiers of Destruction's Cause and Effect. This is Undefeated. (laughs)
4: the truth, some evidence of proof because we don't believe you. You feed us only lies and worthless alibis, you cheat and you deceive you. Lead us into war, annihilate the poor, a to your only reason. Cowards the last, Your relics of the past, you should be hung for treason. And we will not give in Someday we will win We don't see your crown And we will never bow down we Eradicate this gay disease and put your Christian mind at ease, But we know that you're lying You're losing the war on drugs, the hibbies, bikers, punks and flugs And we're not even trying And we will not give in Some night we will win We don't see your crown We will never bow down
0: Yeah, like I said, when you, you know, a song is really good when you want to rip it off. <laughs> right? And, uh, and yeah, in my, uh, in my other band, uh, name pending <laughs> the epithetics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wrote a song and I have a bass solo. Uh, going to be putting in it. <laughs> that I am putting in it. There we go. It was a solo that I wrote years ago, didn't really have a didn't really have a song to go with it until now. Nice. So So yeah, I never thought I would be able to write a bass solo and actually have it make sense, but well, give it time. Give it time. It'll take another 13 hours to record that one. <laughs> oh god. Moving on from there, we get to uh, my number 1. My <laughs> number 1 album that came out in 2021. Let's see, I know it. Some of you may know it. And this is not a punk album. It's not a metal album. It's not even a funk album. Yeah, <laughs> go figure. No, this is the uh this is the album that has been created by the man known as Danny Kiranos, but more commonly referred to as Amigo the Devil. The album Born Against. <laughs> And I got to say, it was kind of a toss-up between Soldiers of Destruction and Amigo the Devil. But I went with Amigo the Devil because, honestly, there is not a single bad thing I can say about this record. I mean, I can point out some flaws in cause and effect. And if you want to know more about those flaws, listen to Lead Melodies. (laughs) (laughs) And... Yeah, I did a review on that album. I did a review on this album, Born Against. There is, I honestly cannot tell you how many times the mood changes, the instruments change. He's just all over the place with this record, but it flows so well. It has such a distinct personality. I've been listening to Amigo for years, and yeah, all of his records really hit a different point. He's got his songs about... Uh, serial killers and he's got his songs about inward reflection and mental illnesses that he himself encounters and it is all here I'm born against and probably the probably one of the biggest standout moments was his uh his song different ways to fry a fish (laughs) and also uh the last drop uh no drinking for two the last drop is for you I don't, I don't. remember the name of the damn title. <laughs> Shit. Whatever. It's a. It's a song about a serial killer, but probably one of, one of the worst and most disgusting serial killers in recent memory. One Albert Fish. And if you don't know who Albert Fish is, well, uh, look him up. You'll be fucking disgusted. He. Uh, he committed a lot of. Uh, uh, a lot of crimes. I won't say specifically which ones. But it was all aimed towards children. So there was that. <laughs> terrible. Oh, yeah. Fucking terrible. He is, a, he is a disgusting fucking human. I mean, all serial killers are in their own right. But he is top tier. He's sitting at the right? top of the fucking pyramid, this guy. And what what Amigo the Devil likes to do, he likes to analyze and kind of find some, hum- some humorous standpoint. I mean, you can listen to Dahmer Goes to Hollywood. You can drink... Uh, you're uh, hungover in Jonestown, and yeah, he's able to make a uh, little quips about that. You know, just kind of like uh, dissecting the mentality behind his serial killers and just uh, parodying it a little bit. But Albert Fish was a little outside the realm of parody, at least for uh, at least for Danny. It was it was a little bit out of his comfort zone, so he he did a little. Th- something different. He told the story of a, not exactly told the story, but he just kind of created a narrative of this inner monologue that the father of one of the victims would be having, you know, in the wake of his daughter's death by Albert Fish's hand. Okay. Just like, these are the things I want to do to you. And this is why. she's. This is for all the breaths she will never take, the dances she will never dance. And it's like, Water is cheap, but blood, that's where it's really coming from. The last drop is for me. So, yeah. And then Different Ways to Fry a Fish is a bluegrass song. And that is where the humor comes in. It's just like part two of this thing, when you can actually partake in the actions. And he actually takes all the actions that Albert Fish was known for doing and... Basically, it turns around on him. Now he's on the receiving end of getting a PVC pipe coated in barbed wire shoved up his ass. Yeah, and that's uh, mild compared to some of the other shit he's done. Oh, God. He's a disgusting human. Anyway, uh, neither of those songs are going to be played on this (laughs) this one, but that's me just kind of uh, uh, going off about the album because I love it, man. It's my number one. (laughs) It was his album. It is number one. If you're a SpongeBob fan, you get the reference. (laughs) Anyway, the song that I am choosing from uh, this record, I chose... Recently, when I did my great cover-to-cover album, I did uh, Different Anymore, as well as uh, Murder at the Bingo Hall. And Murder at the Bingo Hall is still a... That's uh, it's a top song for me. I think it's my second favorite on this record. Just because of how fun it is and just how how hilarious that the fact that they made a song about playing bingo so exciting. <laughs> I mean it's bingo. You're sitting there and the only the only thing that Garners any excitement is four five in a row. Bingo! <laughs> but the the setting of that song is he's in the bingo hall And he's on cocaine and Adderall So everything is amplified And he's just like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get that I'm gonna get 015 And then, bingo! <laughs> so, yeah, again, that song isn't getting played But it was, and oh my god, it's a great one So, the song that I wanted to choose is the runaway single it was the it was among the first the yeah among the first songs that was teasing the record it is quiet as a rat and quiet as a rat it's a yeah it's a bit of a metaphor to uh to when we pray to the ether for things to be better or asking why this horrible thing happened and what is the reason well quiet as a rat god was nowhere to be seen yep so that's, uh, I kind of gave away the whole uh, narrative of this song, but trust me, it makes a lot more sense when uh, Amigo sings it. So I'm going to shut up for once in my life, and I'm going to let the song play. Here is Quiet as a Rat.
5: A kid who came home, red from panic and fear. Some kids at the school had beaten him way past tears. His mom cried, Jesus Christ, as she cleaned the blood pouring out of his ears. But it was obvious that, quiet as a rat, God was nowhere near. There was a girl at the bar. She overdosed in a photo booth. Nobody found her body until last call. Then the pictures all showed her, terrified and loner, while everyone cried what a good friend she was and everyone treats commandments like more of a bucket list so i've been asking why i was born against time doesn't respect what doesn't respect it kind isn't a word i would use for man If everyone's made in his image, then he couldn't perfect it. And what the hell makes anyone think we can? He had the faith of a dog with the debt of a sinner and a chain tied from his neck to round a tree. He taped a hospital bill to the dashboard Kissed the ring on his finger And drove himself to eternity And I've been trying to hide I was born against And I wonder if I'll die Born against
0: A little uh, assemblage of instrumentation there kind of sounds like a bit of a. I ex- I described this in the review that it just sounds like a rundown carnival. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. And I could just see uh, uh Danny just kind of playing the part of this uh of this carney, Maybe he's got an eye missing, walking on a peg leg. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And it's just kind of telling the story of the disheveled youths and whatnot and just how he lost his faith and everything like that. Oh, God. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what the music paints in my head. So, yeah, this, uh, this album, it's actually shorter than his uh, previous two releases. It's only clocking in at 10 tracks. Uh, 10 tracks, half hour long. But, again, quality over quantity. I've listened... I can listen to this album ten times in a day, and I can never get sick of it. I always find something new to really to kind of extract and absorb from this one. And, and yeah, even songs of the most simple fashion, like different anymore, it's just him and his guitar, and he's just bleeding onto paper. And that's what it, that's what it is. It's just a regular folk song, like in terms of structure, but the feeling is still there. And, yeah, that is... That is what brings us to my next pick. My favorite song on this record is the one that closes out. After all of that, that rigmarole of songs that don't sound the same in terms of instrumentation and lyrical projection, um, we end with a song called Letters from Death Row. And yeah, it ends on a very sour note because <laughs> <laughs> the song is incredibly sad. And it's not... Speaking from personal experience, it was just, a uh, he was, he found himself collecting some letters that were from death row inmates and people were mailing those to him. And he just found it interesting. He just wanted to know what these people had to say, what their last written words would be. And so he decided to kind of concoct one of his own accord. You know, it's just like, okay, what if I was on death row? What would be the last thing I'd say to my loved one? Pretty much. And yeah, that letter is basically in the form of this song. I don't know why he decided to close the album with this, because it's just such a—it's <laughs> just like, yeah, letter from death row. I hope you like the album. Well, fuck you, left. Why are you leave me all teary-eyed, man? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so, so yeah, I guess in the grand scheme of things, I'm kind of a—I'm uh, kind of paying ode to how that record how that record made me feel, into how this episode is going. I mean, you listen to all this variety of music. Some of it was happy. Some of it was heavy. Some of it was a little bit in between. And now we're going to end it on this. <laughs> so, hey, Letter from Death Row, my favorite song from Born Against. Let's, let's get through this.
5: Midnight, I'll be leaving for a place I've never been. I feel a bit relieved, although I shouldn't. And I reread all your letters that the prison let me keep. They're the only thing that got me this far. And this one is the last I'll ever write. I'm sorry for the hurt, that I brought this life I hope that you move on to find somebody To give you what I couldn't To hell with the martyrs To hell with trying to be I know I don't deserve this life for glory there won't be any angels up there singing me to sleep You're the closest thing to heaven I'll ever see The little things you did that I let bother me before Now I wish those little things would last forever We used to count the time by how long we'd spent apart. Now my clock is dust on the floor. And we used to joke about never growing up. And we were drunk and yelling if we'd die, whatever. Now the only dream I have is watching you get old forever. So throw away the memories, burn all my things I know I don't deserve to be a story When they ask me for my last words, I know what they'll be I loved every cell that makes you who you are And everything between Less than 24 hours, I'll just be dirt and flowers. I hope it brings the family's peace. When the darkness of the tunnel is the last place I go, you're the closest thing to heaven I'll ever need.
0: Yeah, favorite song from my favorite album of 2021. So, yeah, favorite song of 2021, I guess, <laughs> and it was, and it was that. <laughs> yeah, not typically the music that I listen to, and not typically the mood I am constantly in. But it's not even uh, it's not even following a technical standpoint. It's how the music hits you, and that one strikes a chord with me every time. You know. I even kind of relate to it, minus the whole being on death row thing. <laughs> but it's the, it's just the words that he's uh, putting on paper towards the said lover. You know, because that's what it is. That's what I'm. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah, and it has been hitting a lot harder lately. As in, like I'm um, not exactly on death row, but when you go through a breakup of someone you've been with for years. You know, a part of you dies with that in a way, and you kind of have to—you uh, kind of have to retain what's left of of yourself, and just build from there. So yeah, it was like a part of me was on death row, and that's going through the tunnel. Ed's gone, and I don't think it'll ever be coming back. It usually doesn't.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> so. So yeah, there's some of the some of the lyrics on that song. uh, They can, you know, they really strike the chord where it's like if you are going through such a tremendous upheaval in your life, like what I'm going through right now. And and yeah, it's all about reminiscence. You just kind of remember the better times that you had, and now you just have to make better times for yourself in the future. Unfortunately, the character in this song doesn't have much of a future <laughs> ahead of them so. True. So yeah, that's uh So yeah, in a way, in a sort of roundabout way, it is more about like a uh, uh persevering through all the hardships. You know, where it's like even if all you have to look forward to is death, it's just like, well, at least uh at least in this case, um At least I'm bringing the families' peace, the families that I've harmed. Right. (laughs) You know, but I haven't harmed anyone, at least not intentionally. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe no one I knew. (laughs) So it's uh, so yeah. If you're gonna leave anything behind, leave behind good memories. Leave behind, uh, leave behind a legacy. Don't be an Albert Fish.
1: No kidding. You
0: know. (laughs) You know, people want to look back and just uh, uh, think—think of you in uh, in good light, not in uh, not in uh, ways where they'd rather forget. You know, I may not be as well composed right now because that song put me through the ringer as it always does. But you get what I am putting across, right? Anyway, we've reached the end. That is my f- that is the list of my favorite LPs that were released in 2021 for the most part. And and yeah, here's to another year of great music coming out. I've already got a few on my list for for 2022. But same time next year, I guess, folks, thank you for listening to thank you for listening to my less than my less than stellar reviews on all these <laughs> albums. I do better when I actually kind of follow a script. So if you want a more cohesive review, especially on the, the last two that I talked about, listen to my Lead Melodies podcast. Just type in on Instagram at Lead Melodies underscore podcast and on Facebook, Lead.melodies.podcast.slc. You can find all the links on there, all three of my episodes. Four is coming. It'll be on dead heat. So you just got us. You just got an in on what Lead Melodies is cooking up. I haven't even made an official announcement yet. So, yeah, you guys are special. You guys are special. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Happy New Year. It's it's May. <laughs> <laughs> we'll better, do them
1: earlier next year.
0: Yeah, better late than never. I was uh, a little late to the party on this one, but again, the last three months have been. Oh God, rubbing putting my dick through the dirt. <laughs> so, so yeah, I refer you to what I was saying about letters from death row. You guys, you guys know what's up. <laughs> so yeah, next year we will do it earlier, maybe in February.
1: More likely, yes.
0: Maybe we'll see, but we don't know what's gonna be coming in the next year or so. But that's what makes it so exciting. So remember, just uh, keep on persevering, keep on winning, my friends and yeah keep those headphones on keep listening to that music play the fucking outro